Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast coverage of Southeast Iowa football. As Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa presents Southeast Iowa High School football today with Coach Edeker from the Waco Warriors. Welcome to the program, Coach. Dave, thanks for having me. So, uh, wow, what a big win. And then what a big, uh, as Montezuma loses and you change, your opponent changes and your home game changes, I mean, it was like the earth shook on Friday night. Talk talk to our listeners about it. Well, that really, it really worked out really nice for us. Yeah, we went over to Spartansdale and, you know, we, we thought we had a, a good plan going in. And, you know, we just thought we needed to stay patient, run the ball, uh, be physical, try to control the line of scrimmage, those same stuff I've been, been saying every week. And we did a real good job of it. Um, you know, we came out, jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. Uh, scored on two of our first three possessions, uh, you know, gave them a real uh, heavy dose of, of Simeon, uh, our tailback early. Uh, you know, our offensive line did a great job of opening up some holes, and, and Simeon scored from 19 yards out, 10 yards out to get up 14 nothing. Uh, you know, we had a big play in there. We were up 7 nothing, and they were driving to, to score, and, and Drew Deers, uh, our linebacker, got underneath a slant route and, and picked it off. It was exactly what we'd been working with him all week in practice. We knew that was one of their favorite routes, and uh, he did a great job of, of reading the quarterback's eyes and getting underneath it and, and getting the interception and keeping them out of the end zone. And we went down and scored to go up 14-0 uh, and, you know, really set the, set the tone. You know, we had one, we had one, um, one lapse in the, in, the, in the end of the first quarter, last play of the first quarter. They, they busted a 60-yard runoff on us. They ran a, a just a little iso play up front. And uh, our two linebackers got confused and, and went opposite directions and didn't uh, didn't make the play. And they went 60 yards for a touchdown. Uh, but that was basically the, their offense of the day. I thought our, our defense did a great job. Um, you know, we, we got a next thing we got was a safety. We were Simeon did a great job of punting the ball down to the one yard line. We covered it super well, uh, gave it to him on the one. And, and we were able to get a safety out of that possession. Uh, and then we just started. uh using our, our counterattack. I mean, Simeon was being focused on a lot and, and John Rice, our, our fullback and, and Isaac Oswald, our quarterback did a great job of, of running our counters and our traps and, and taking the emphasis off of Simeon. And, you know, they really were focused there. We had big nights out of both of them. John had three touchdowns. Isaac had two, um, you know, Simeon still had his 112 yards, still had a, a very productive, great game, but we really could limit his carries in the second half. And, Overall, we just did a, a great job. Our offensive line, Tim Willits, Tyler Sutton, Taylor Sutton, our two tight ends, Jonah Clark and, and Drew Deers, those five just did a, a really nice job up front of, of opening holes and, and making uh, a situation great for us on the offensive side. And, you know, defensively, they wanted to throw the ball. Our, our D-backs two weeks in a row, Edward Colesburg did the same thing to us. They came out and wanted to really throw the ball, and, and Mark Stilt did the same thing. Our D-backs did a great job. We ended up with four interceptions. Uh, Mason Miller uh, got two. He leads the state. He's tied with uh, Eddie Burgess from Montezuma with nine interceptions on the year. So, uh, you know, he's doing a great job back there. Drew Deers had one we talked about earlier. And, and then we had a freshman, Mason or uh, Clayton Miller, be Mason's brother, uh, got a pick in the fourth quarter. So our D-backs did a really nice job of, of covering their receivers uh, and tackling. You know, we gave them the short route and they were able to take it where our D-backs came up and tackled and, and when they tried to be more uh, more aggressive and, and go deep, we were able to pick balls off and, and turn it to our side. So, 
you know, it really was a, a fun game. We had a great crowd there. Uh, the Whaling community traveled really, really well to, to Martinsdale. It was, it was exciting. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. And then, you know, after the game, we hear that, that Montezuma got beat by Audubon. Yeah. And that was sort of a, that was sort of a, a double-edged sword. One, it was great because it gets us um, a home game because Audubon's a number two seed and we're a number one seed. Uh, so that gave us a home game. Um, but after watching tape, I'm thinking I would have rather played Montezuma than, than Audubon. Audubon handled them pretty well. Uh, you know, I think it was a matchup thing. Uh, Montezuma is a good team, uh, likes to score points. They do a great job of that. Uh, but they're an offense-based team. As you saw in the finals last year, I mean, they they want to score points, but their run defense isn't always the greatest. Um, and that's what Audubon took advantage of. Audubon just ran the ball at Montezuma straight ahead and and really took advantage of you know of that weakness you know so when you watch the tape it was very similar to the to the the championship game that we saw last year with uh with Montezuma where they just couldn't stop the run and that's what happened there again and you know so now we got Audubon coming to our place which is great they got a three and a half hour drive which you know is is a long ways to go but that's you know how it works out we're a two seed we're a one seed uh the matchup is I think is, is very intriguing for both schools. Um, we both have the same philosophy. We want to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and play really good defense. Uh, we can throw. Both teams can throw if they have to, but they want to run, and we want to run. Um, it's just different styles. They're going to they're gonna snap the ball to Gavin Smith, their quarterback. Uh, he's second in the state in, in uh, yards with 1,900 yards on this season. Uh, and they're going to find all kinds of different ways. They're going to tr- run traps with him, sweeps with him, uh, you know, s- speed options. They're going to find all kinds of different ways to get him attacking our defense. And, you know, we just have to do a good job of, of doing our duties and, and keeping our gaps responsibility and, and being physical and tackle. I know that's a lot of information in a short time, but, you know, you get me talking and sometimes I don't stop. Well, Scott Melvin said that, uh, that, uh, uh, Audubon uh, saw something in the New London game that New London was doing well against Montezuma and then was able to exploit that. Do you, do you think he's correct? Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, Montezuma played them really tough. Uh, not Montezuma. New London played Montezuma really tough, and I didn't I didn't get I, – I didn't watch that tape. We had no – you know, if we would have got Montezuma, I would have watched it eventually, but we hadn't got to it yet. So I'm not sure what they did. But I know Montezuma's district was a much more pass – oriented uh, district. I know Baxter throws the ball a lot and uh, BGM throws the ball a lot. And so, I mean, there's Montezuma was, was geared towards more of a pass centric defense than they were run. And I'm in new London was definitely a run team this year. So I'm I'm sure that, yes, they did see some, some run uh, tendencies there against them. Yeah. So uh, I, I see two similarities between you and Sigourney, the only two teams in Southeast Iowa. One, you both have excellent special teams. And two, you both come from a conference that gives you a tremendous challenge in the regular season, which I see, I think maybe Montezuma didn't have that kind of strength in conference games. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a, I think that's a big part of it, uh, you know, and I know Montezuma was was looking for games early in the year too, trying to to, to bolster their 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 schedule to to test their kids a little more. You know, it's tough to get high school kids when you're up thirty points in the first quarter to 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 concentrate and to work on things that need to be done because they can't see that it needs to be done because they're they're 
<laughs> they're already dominating. So I understand that completely. Um, you know, and it's exactly what it was. You know, Montezuma's a good team. I mean, the, the Burgess kid, we played him for two years in district, and, and he was he was very good then, and I'm sure he's good this year. Um, but it's just, you know, they lost a lot. You know, Montezuma had, uh, you know, the three wide receivers last year, the, the Shears, Watts, and I can't remember the third kid, but I know they had three receivers that were really, really just outstanding. And I'm sure they still have good receivers this year. But when you lose three seniors like that, that really makes it uh, makes a difference. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's how things fall. I mean, it could very easily have been Montezuma just had a bad night. You know, as we're watching the tape on, on Audubon, Audubon did some things and had some big plays. And, you know, it only takes one kid being out of position, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a big play for Audubon. They're, they're an explosive attack. Uh, you know, besides, um, besides the Smith kid at quarterback, uh, they got a tailback, 32 is his number. I can't remember his name at the moment, but he, he runs the ball hard and is very quick. Uh, so, you know, if you focus too much on on Smith, the quarterback, they'll pitch the ball to, to 32, and he's down the sideline very quickly. So, you know, we're going to have to really work at, at doing our jobs and, and playing solid fundamental defense. Well, I mean, there's only eight teams left. I don't know how many teams started, hundreds, I guess, but there's only eight, and you're one of them. How does, you know, I mean uh, – and now let me ask you this about playoffs, you know what I mean? Because we, we talk about the conference games, you know, but then you get in the playoffs and they present different challenges than what, you know, the teams that you play year after year after year and you've got a good game plan for them. How was uh, – what kind of different challenges have the teams that you played presented and what kind of challenges is Audubon going to create for you? Well, I mean, the, the big thing here is the fact – I mean, it is sort of – actually from a coaching standpoint, it's sort of fun. Uh, to get these teams that we haven't seen before. And, you know, because you've been doing this quite a long time, and it's it's a lot more fun playing these other teams and actually having to, to prepare and, and see them and, and have a little unknown and, and say, you know, can we can we get our kids to, to react and, and do the things they need to instead of just seeing kids that they saw in basketball that they see in, in track and they, they know the kids and, you know, it's a little more familiar it's like this is sort of fun to go out and, and play a, an unknown and, and see what, how we compare with the rest of the state. And, you know, it, it's just, um, you know, it, it's a little more work because you don't have any previous knowledge. But, I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's, it's well, it's what you get into coaching for is to, to help these kids develop resilience and to understand what has to happen to, to make things go well. Well, uh, we've been talking with, Coach Edeker of uh, Waco Warriors, uh, you're one win away from the Unidome. Uh, how does this team compare to other teams that you've been associated with? Well, I mean, this team is very similar to our 2009-2010 teams. Our 2009 team made the quarterfinals also, and our 2010 team then, you know, cracked through and made the semifinals. Um, and, you know, both of those teams were very similar to this, and the fact is that we played very solid defense, and and really shut people down at the line of scrimmage and then we're able to to run the ball and and be efficient and, and play action pass and, and do the things that we needed to but it'd be a run oriented offense with a with a solid defense and that's exactly what we got here uh you know this group's done a great job all year playing defense um you know i'm not a big into comparing scores and stuff but you know we look at our at our district our district was really good we gave up some points but the most of our points were in the second half uh, you know, our first half defense and our, our first three quarter defense with our varsity starters has been very solid all year. Uh, you know, I think we've given up, 
you know, and, and against obviously against Ed Cohen in the playoffs here, we've given up some points, but they're good teams. And, you know, and, and we talk to our kids all the time, you know, hey, when we get to this point of year, there's no gimmies. You've got to play well to win, and you can play well and not win. Uh, you know, all eight teams that are left are very good football teams. And it's just a matter of, of getting the right breaks, not turning the ball over, and, and doing your job. And I know that sounds very cliche-ish, but that's exactly what it's going to take. I mean, if we can win the turnover battle and we can – and we can control the line of scrimmage, you know, you, you put yourself in a position to win. And you mentioned our kicking game. Uh, you know, we get down to the end of a game and we can stay in it and we can get it to the point where we're kicking a field goal or, or we need a, a, a big punt or, uh, you know, a good coverage thing. We've done a great job all year of that. And hopefully our special teams will be the third part that will help us win this game. Well, I see a lot of teams and they, they, they basically just go for it on fourth down because they can't punt and they, get in the red zone and they get stalled and they go for it because they can't kick field goals. And that's not your team. That's not, no. that's not Sigourney. You know, Although our, sometimes, sometimes I get pig headed with uh, that fourth down thing too and go when I shouldn't. Uh, we probably should have punted the ball a couple times on Friday night at, at Martinsdale in which we did it. Uh, it went forward and got stopped once was by just inches and once by a yard or two. And I mean, um, you know, as a coach, you got to understand that the team across is, is good, too, that they're a good team, and you're on fourth and one for a reason because you only got nine yards and three downs to start with. So, you know, maybe punting the ball and, and giving your defense a chance to play in a, on a long field is, is a better option. And, you know, that's just something as, as a coach, too, as we go through, get deeper in the playoffs here will be much more in my mind and the fact of, of letting that third group uh, help us out. Well, at least I'm, I'm, I'm confident if you guys need to punt or you need to kick a field goal, you, you can be successful at doing it. We are. Simeon does a great job back there. And, and you know, Ty Agley, our long snapper, has done a really nice job the last couple of weeks here. He's come off an injury, came back, and, and has, has been playing for us. And it's it's been a real good uh, situation for us in the special teams, that's for sure. Well, let's let's wrap this up with a little, little talk about this offensive line and how they've done. And I know you're real proud of them, and they're a – a unit that is is all seniors. The four seniors and one junior. Drew Deers plays our our backside tight end, uh, you know, and he's a junior. But the other four are seniors: Jonah and Tim and Tyler and Taylor. Uh, they do a great job, and actually, uh, they've really done a nice job because we put in a whole new blocking scheme this year. Uh, you know, we've been a we've been a solid for twenty years: wing tee, down block, pull out, kick. Uh, you know, buck sweep team and try to make that work in eight man. And we just, we, the last couple of years, we just haven't had a lot of success with it. Uh, so we, we switched up and, and went to a, a zone type scheme. And I say zone type scheme because I don't think you can put an entire zone scheme in, in a year. Uh, you know, I watch teams on tape here that are running true zone stuff and go, wow, that's really good. You know, if we can get there in a year or two, as we keep teaching our kids to do this better and better, um, We'll, we'll get there. You know, this veteran group was able to change up uh, everything we taught them. And it's not everything because you're still blocking, but, you know, change up the rules that we taught them in the past and switch to the new set of rules we're using. And uh, they've done a great job, you know, and, and all four of those guys, oh, sorry, all five of those guys across the line, you know, they're big, strong kids. They spend a lot of time in the weight room. Uh, they're, they're to the point where, you know, they can use their legs and, and they just drive people and, and, you know, and, and we get to the point here where we understand, you know, you're going to get two, you're going to get three, you're going to get a few yards, and then all of a sudden you're going to bust one. You know, you're going to get it blocked exactly right one time, and, and Simeon's going to bust one for a touchdown. So, you know, we just stay patient with those five up front and, and just keep working them, and, and we just sort of lean on them and let them do the work. Well, 
people like Scott Melvin and I, who are coming to see you, uh, when does the gates open? What night's the game? Uh, what, how do we get the tickets? What's the price and all that stuff? We're Thursday night this week. Uh, because eight-man semifinals the following week are on Wednesday, they moved this week's game up to Thursday. So we're the only show in the state Thursday night. There's four, uh, four eight-man games going on Thursday night. So I think all four will be really well attended. Um, there'll be four great games. If, if there's one in your area, go watch it. Um, you know, and, uh, the game time is seven o'clock Thursday night. We'll open the gates here up at six. Um, uh, you have to get your ticket online at IHSA.org. Uh, there's a ticket, you know, you click on football. Honestly, most people have done it already cause they've been to games right now, but it's, it's, it's online only tickets. Um, trying to think what else on the uh, radio we got six different radio stations coming we got three from us three from them uh you know we have our warrior cast which is our local local internet based uh uh coverage which is doing the game klij out of mount pleasant kci out of washington is doing the game um krrl out of carroll is doing the game kmaa out of shenandoah is doing the game and kosm out of Atlantic is doing the game. So we have all kinds of people. If you can't make our game and you want to hear it, you got a variety of choices. And I believe all six of those have internet options to listen to. So you don't have to be in their exact area. You can go online and, and, and get the game. So I think it'll be a great game. Uh, I mean, we're two good teams and it should be a real fun, competitive game. Well, I got a feeling you're going to have the biggest attended game and maybe the history of Waco. This is such a big game and, Southeast Iowa just seems to have just coalesced around you, your your team and Sigourney's team, you know, as, as you know, their teams have, have gone home and they just join, join in on rooting for you. And I think you're, yeah. you're making, you know, just you made us so proud and continue to make us proud. And hopefully we'll get somebody up there in the unit dome. Well, that'd be awesome. And, you know, Coach Jensen's done a great job up there at, at Sigourney Kyoto and, and they're just, uh, you know, they're just rolling too. Uh, you know, they had that rematch, which had to be tough because, you know, they played Columbus in the playoffs last year. So it's always tough to, uh, you know, when you rematch on someone like that, but they did a great job of getting that win. And, you know, you know, and hopefully both of us make it up there. Yeah, I think you got a real good shot. Both of you guys, the teams are very disciplined, very similar. They're kind of, uh, they just, they're tough and they don't wear out and your players go both ways. I mean, I'm, I'm super impressed. Well, We've been talking to Coach Edeker of the Waco Warriors. Uh, thanks for everything. Thanks for the interviews, Coach. Uh, you know, you got me wacko for Waco, as the song goes. So, well, thanks for having me on, and, and hopefully we can uh, talk again next week after a win. Oh, we will. We, we, we're hoping for the same thing. We'll see you. I'll be there Thursday night to root you on. Okay, thanks. All right, bye. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast coverage of Southeast Iowa football in Southeast Iowa. Uh, As Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa presents high school football. Uh, Two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, talk to David. We're on the phone with Coach Jensen of the Sigourney Kyoto Cobras. How's how's you you feeling? I'm feeling great. Feeling great. You know, a lot of emotion the other night and... uh... You know, had a had a day in between where kind of got to get get a grasp back on myself, and uh, you know, just firing on all cylinders on this Sunday. Was uh, I mean, what an atmosphere that at the Snake Pit this week. 
Oh man, absolutely. I mean, with, uh, you know, Thunder Country coming to set up and, and do their live, uh, pregame and, uh, you know, that, that brought quite a few people out earlier than, and, uh, they typically would come out and, uh, you know, I think it was a great production and, uh, just did a lot of good things for, for, uh, boasting the Cobras and, uh, you know, bought, brought a little extra energy and I know, uh, uh, you and Scotty were, uh, there as well. So, you know, just, just, uh, had a blast, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere was great. That's what playoff football should feel like. Yeah. It was packed to the max. And, the, and like you say, Thunder Country's production was just, it really added to it, made it just almost feel like an NFL game or something. I mean, it was that level of, uh, you know, a pregame show and yeah, it was a little, little bit like college game day, I guess, really. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you, you went up against a bunch of thugs this weekend. There were bruisers that came in there. Uh, they seemed like they were, uh, you know, ready for a fist fight and you guys gave it to them. Uh, what, what did you think of this opponent that you played? Uh, you know, Columbus Catholic, we've seen in the last two years and, uh, you know, they, they've always, they, last two years, they've had big bodies up front. They'd had skill guys that were, that were really talented and, and, and they were a great football team. You know, we just, we were able to find a few, uh, few things that worked a little better and, uh, exploited a little bit and was just able to, uh, you know, just get the lead and, and sustain the lead. And, uh, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a dog fight. They, uh, they showed their, their, you know, most, most of the time, you know, from what I see, you know, spread teams aren't overly physical up front. They work on a lot of pass blocking, a lot of zone blocking. You know, these dudes were just ready to eat you alive. And, uh, you know, I think our, our defensive line did a phenomenal job of, of really kind of hitting them in the mouth, uh, you know, before they hit us in the mouth. And uh, same thing with our offensive line. But it was a battle up front, you know. I mean, they, they, have, they had a great front seven uh, going against our offense. And, uh, you know, we just found a way. You know, it wasn't always pretty, but but we got the yards we needed. You know, we, we talk all the time, three and a half yards is all we need, you know. You consistently do that, we'll be in good shape, you know. And it, and it takes a, a team to play, you know, a really good team defense uh, to stop you from getting three and a half yards each play. So, you know, it was a, it, it was it was a battle. It was great. Uh, you know, I think with with our district schedule, we were kind of set up for that. You know, the week before we saw, a, you know, big and physical uh, Durant team with a, you know, a bruiser at tailback and. Uh, you know, so just that physicality aspect, uh, we, we'd been playing that way during the uh, regular season, had to come out and play really physical that first round game, and uh, we just continued that on into our second round game. Yeah, the, it seemed like their their uh, game plan was to stop Mullinex at all costs. Uh, and then uh, your quarterback seemed to take pick up on that and start making a lot of gains himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think our other two backs really, really had a great game. Uh, you know, that that's kind of been the the thing all year. Teams want to stop uh, Cade Bolnix because he's, you know, he's a phenomenal runner. He's, uh, you know, ran for over seventeen hundred yards, well over eighteen hundred now. Um, you know, just a, kind of a touchdown machine. He's just been super consistent every single game, and uh, you know, that that would be the smart thing to try to do is, you know, you you try to slow him down, and uh, you know, you, you you might feel like you have the game won, but uh, you know, with the offense we run, we're set up to give it to any three of those backs at any given time, and uh, you know, we knew they were they were playing heavy on that strong side, so we were kind of trying to gash them up the middle a little bit. Uh, you know, running some wedge stuff towards the backside with the with the quarterback, and uh, you know, get the ball in Molnix's hands, and if he gets a drop off uh, 
uh, handoff to Levi Crawford. I mean, there's so many bodies heading to that strong side that that counter just opens up. And, uh, you know, he had a huge, he had a huge night. He didn't have it four carries and 54 yards, I think, but, uh, you know, two of those carries were 27 apiece. And, and, uh, you know, one of them was, a uh, third and 28 that he got 27 of the yards back. Yeah, that was so, something else. Um, oh you know, he, what's that? I said that was something else that run. Oh man. It, you know, and, and that was a play we'd ran, uh, a little bit, uh, the year prior and, and hadn't really pulled it out yet this year. And, you know, coach seller said Thursday night, I mean, I was done with, with my group, the team offense and, you know, he was, he was working with the second team offense, uh, over on the other end of the field. And, um, you know, he said, coach, one more play. And, and sure enough, that's the one he called. And, uh, you know, he, he said that up top, uh, you know, at that point in time, you know, we, we third, third and long, we're notorious for running the ball. Um, you know, we'll, we'll take our chances of, of, uh, you know, picking those yards. Now 27 yards is a little bit, uh, a little bit much to pick up most of the time, but third nines, we'll run it. But, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he said, let's do it. Let's run it. And, uh, sure enough, boom. You know, once the ball gets handed off to Cade, uh, all eyes are on him, and and we were just able to slip through the backside. And Levi made a great, uh, you know, a great cut and, and got vertical and went. So, you know, just just a great great uh, combination of backs back there. You know, you got Cade, who's your who's your just physical bruiser. You know, you're gonna have to get two or three guys to bring him down. Um, you know, I think Colton's done a really good job of running behind his pads, where you know he used to be a, a really an upright runner. Uh, with his with his height, and uh, you know, I think he's learned that you know, with my body size, I can I can kind of run people over and, and run through them. So uh, he's he's done a tremendous job of that this year. And then Levi's just a kid that you know, just really shifty. I mean, he's been small smaller all his life. Uh, you know, loves football, and and uh, you know, he plays he plays like he's uh, you know about four inches is uh, higher or taller and you know, 20 pounds heavier, but they've just got great vision, great elusiveness, you know, can find a crease and crack and just exploit it. So, you know, three different style of runners, but they all three bring uh, a tremendous uh, uh, amount of ability to what we do in our offense. So you got on the board with a little play action pass early in the game. How, how did that uh, come about? Well, you know, we, we always have that in our back pocket. When we feel like teams are, are really focused on that run. We, we just take our shots and uh, you know, it was, it was a call that, uh, you know, it was, I think second and second and eight, maybe, um, you know, we, we, we typically want to try to throw when we want to, not when we have to, you know, if it was third and eight teams probably know, Hey, there's a chance they're going to throw, but, uh, you know, we, we just kept running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Those, those DBs kept creeping up a little more and, uh, you know, we just took our shot and it, and it worked out well. Yeah. He got wide open. Didn't he, he got behind everybody that really, they really bit on that absolutely you know that was, and that was Cade Striegel uh you know shout out to Cade that was his first uh first receiving touchdown of his career I think and uh you know it was a, it was a fitting time to to have that happen you know he's he's been our strong end for the, the past couple of years and he's always had some catches but uh never got in the zone and uh you know it was tutty time for him that's for sure well, that was great well uh Colt Clarahan had about the best game I've ever seen a high school kid ever have I mean just the 52-yard field goal, and I mean, talk a little bit about that. Geez, that one about had me about pass out. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, man. Uh, you know, Colt, Colt's a kid, man. He's just he, 
you look at them, you see them on the field, you know, you, if it's a, a opposing team, they're probably saying, man, this kid's not that athletic. And, you know, he just hides that athleticism. I mean, he is, he is really athletic and he's uh, deceivingly fast and, uh, it was just very smart, you know, and, uh, you know, had that passing touchdown early. Um, you know, even the, the 42 yarder in the second quarter, uh, you know, we, we, we got kind of piled back, uh, with a penalty. It was fourth and short and we were going to go for it. And, uh, you know, uh, we ended up jumping off sides and moved us back a little bit. So we just knew, you know what, let's take our shot. You know, there's luckily, you know, our field that night, the North, the North end from about 50 on, uh, was a soggy mess, but the, the South end where that, you know, I think the North end was getting, the wind was getting blocked a little bit by the school, uh, extended out there and wasn't getting a whole lot of uh wind to dry it up but the south end was was pretty pretty solid um you know so luckily we were on that south south end the wind was was behind his back and uh you know we we knew when it was a 42 yarder that's a that's a no-brainer i mean uh you know thursday nights in practice he you know we our practice field we run out of room kind of keeping keep pressing him back on tuesday nights and uh, when we're working extra point field goal and um you know, when it was a 42 yarder, we know, hey, hey, here it is, man. It's in the middle. He, he's going to bang this through. And, uh, you know, it was up and good. We felt good about ourselves. And then, you know, when we got that defensive stand at the 10 yard line with, with, uh, I don't even know, a minute and a half to go, maybe, uh, and then, uh, in the second quarter, you know, we just, we, we found a way. Molex found a crease on the outside and it picked up about 30. Um, uh, you know, had a couple other plays that gained a few yards, had a couple incompletions. Um, you know, one was, one was huge though. We got a, had a pass interference on, uh, on Columbus and, uh, you know, it, it got us, it got us, uh, the yards we needed to get ourselves, uh, in position and, and, uh, to kick a 52 yarder with, with no time left on the clock. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things. I think we all had confidence. That's, that's a kick that Colts kicked in practice on, you know, on Thursday nights, he, we just keep pushing them back. And, uh, you know, I think, I think 58 was, is about the range where he's, he hasn't got it through yet. So, you know, 52 yarders is a big, big kick, but you know, we had all the confidence in the world that if he can get his footing and he can put his leg into it, that, uh, you know, he was, he was going to make it and, uh, sure enough, put it right through. And I think that, uh, you know, that brought us to up 12 to seven, you know, it was nine, seven leading into that, you know, we didn't feel bad about ourselves, but didn't feel overly, overly good. I, we, we felt like we squandered a couple drives and, you know, gave up the touchdown that, uh, you know, we, we wish we would have made it, made it work a little more on, but, uh, you know, going up 12, seven with that kick, man, the emotions were high. Kids were psyched, uh, coaches were psyched. And, uh, you know, we just said, Hey, you know, the, here's, here's your opportunity to get the ball back at the beginning of the second quarter. And, uh, you know, you just got, you got to find a way to get in the zone. I think uh, that put a little, uh, put a little fear in their minds. Columbus, when they seen that at the, that had to hurt him a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Going I mean, into the half. Anytime, anytime you have a kick that goes through like that, uh, you know, you just wonder yourself, you know, what, what else can you do? You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially leading into halftime. I mean, that was, that was, they were, they were ready to go in, um, you know, only down two points. And, uh, you know, we got that through and they were sitting down five, you know, that's still a touchdown, touchdown, uh, uh, and, and they'd be up, but, uh, you know, I think just the, the sheer emotion that, that we got out of it and 
probably the emotion they would have went into halftime had we missed it, uh, you know, was, was completely, uh, you know, polar opposites. And, and, you know, they were probably down a little bit and we were sky high. Yeah. You had, uh, you just had a great all around game, great special teams, great, great defense, great offense, good ball control, a lot of third down completions, even some fourth downs, you know, to sustain drives. You ate a lot of clock on drives, whether you you scored or not. You know, you you seem to win the battle of the of the field position. I mean, it was a really well coached game, coach. You did a really good job. Well, you know, I appreciate that, but you know, it's a, that's our staff in general. I mean, defensively, I thought that was probably the best game we played all year long. Uh, you know, coach uh, Coach McCauley had a great game plan put together. You know, Coach Kelly kind of works with him a little bit on that defensive side. Um, you know, they they had a great game plan, and they talked to each other a ton on the field, just seeing what you know, talking about what they're seeing and what we should do. And uh, you know, um, offensively, Coach Sellers is kind of you know he's been in this offense, he knows it well, he ran it, he won a state championship with it. Uh, you know, so he's a great guy to have on the box. I know he'd want to be down on the field, but I think just his eyeballs and knowledge, uh, you know, being able to be up top and see everything that's going on has, has been a tremendous help. And, uh, you know, coach, uh, coach weeks works with the offensive line and defensive line and, uh, you know, works with special teams. I just want to give those guys a, a shout out and, and just, uh, you know, just, it's a team win every time, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the kids and the coaches, uh, always working together, always believing in each other. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously bad calls that we call, uh, you know, the kids don't get upset about it. They just, they, they know it's, it's, well, Hey, that play's done. Move on to the next. Let's make up for it. So, um, you know, we just got a really good thing going on with, with, uh, the, the way our kids and coaches interact with each other. And I think in a lot of places there's, that's not always the case, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we just love these guys, man. This is, this is what it's all about. This is what high school football is about. This is what high school in general is about, you know, finding something to be a part of that is, that is, you know, really, really special. And you'll remember it for the rest of your life. So uh, you, you, you come off with a big win, but now you've got a, a real tough opponent. Can you talk about the game you're about to play? Yeah, you know, we're going to head up to Dyke, New Hartford, um, you know, a perennial power. I mean, they, uh, they've been a phenomenal football team for, for, you know, a long time and it's going to be a tough test, you know, watching film. We see, or I see a lot of us in them and a lot of them and us, you know, offensive line and defensive line, you know, they, they just want to, they want to get after you. Um, you know, down block and just try to pile drive you into the ground. I mean, that's what we do. You know, that's what they do. We're going to have to be ready for it. Uh, you know, D line wise, they like to, you know, bring some power and, and just cause havoc. You know, you got pullers coming, they want to knock the guy in front of them backwards. So your puller can't get through, you know, and, and, you know, those are, those are kind of the, some of the similar things that, uh, on the line that, uh, on both sides of the ball that I see that they do, um, and, and what we do. So I think this is going to be a really evenly matched game and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I went back and watched the 1998 uh, semifinals um, between SK and Dyke, and and you know watching that, it ended up being 28-21 uh, Dyke, you know, all the way down to the end. Uh, the Cobras had a chance to win it, but uh, you know just just watching that game, seeing the physicality, you know, just seeing what we're doing is kind of similar to what they were doing, uh, you know. Dyke's kind of in the same boat, you know. What they were doing then is still uh, 
you know, what they're doing now. And, and, you know, I obviously both of us had, you know, some wrinkles and stuff in there, but, uh, you know, just the physicality of the game, you know, you watch that film in 1998 and, uh, you know, you, you see the same thing in, in, uh, you know, 2021. So it's going to be a battle and, and we're up for the challenge. Um, you know, they have a phenomenal coaching staff. I've been to some coaching clinics and, uh, you know, talk to their coach and, and uh, you know, watch him present. You know, the, the culture up there is, is, has been as strong as, as ever. Uh, you know, and the culture here is, is also back up to kind of what it was, you know, when we were winning state championships and, and making semifinal and championship game runs. And, you know, so it, it's going to be a battle of uh, battle of uh, perennial programs. And, and we're, we're up for the challenge. Anytime you get this far in the playoffs, you know, or the playoffs in general, you know, you're going to be facing great teams. Um you know, our back's against the wall and, you know, we're, we're ready for a fist fight. You know, that's, that's just the reality of it. You, you win and you move on, you lose, you go home and, and then you just get a watch from the, the, uh, for the rest of the year. So we don't want to put ourselves in that position. We, we expect a physical battle Two really, really good football teams with great athletes. And, uh, you know, the, the, the best team's going to win. How far of a drive is it? Uh, about two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, just outside of, uh, Cedar Falls, Waterloo area, um, you know, so it's it's going to be a little bit of a trip for us, but, you know, nothing we haven't done this year. We took a two-and-a-half-hour trip down to uh, uh, Central Decatur earlier this year, but, uh, you know, it, 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 that's uh, – and I think at, at Central Decatur, it kind of wore on us a little bit, so, you know, we're, we're just going to have to be, be ready to go, ready to step off that bus, get in the locker room, get ourselves mentally prepared, and, uh, you know, it, once you get on the field, man, and, and a game this big, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's go time. So I don't, I don't see us having any issues there, but you know, the travel, uh, it'd be nice to have another home game, but, uh, you know, we, we get to head up to Dyke and, and we'll, we'll take that challenge head on. So are you going to be able to live stream this game, uh, up there or. Um, you know what? I think Dyke, Dyke does a live stream on YouTube, I believe. Um, I think, uh, um, Coach Crawford and Coach Eslick and, and Thunder Country, I think they're going to contact them and see if they care if we uh, live stream that as well. So um, I don't have an answer quite yet there, but uh, you know, I think I think you should we should you should be able to see it um, on Dyke's end. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to see it on our end where you where you be able to watch every week. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll kind of have to wait and see on that one. Do you know what it'll be on the radio though? For what's what station? Well, I, I, you know what? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, well, actually, uh, uh, the Washington radio station, KCII, I think they are um, finishing out and, and, and doing our games. Um, oh, gosh. Um, Oskaloosa, I know the radio state KMKZ in Oskaloosa has been you know, doing a lot of our games. I don't know if they'll travel up there. So, you know, I think we'll, we'll have to kind of keep you posted on social media there. What, uh, you know, what ways either to listen to it or watch it will be. Well, we're talking to Coach Jensen, Sigourney Kyoto. They're just been marching on. They're in the late eight, trying to get to the unit dome. You got anything uh, before we wrap this up? Um, you know, I just want to, I just want to thank the fans for the support all year long. Uh, the parents have, have been a tremendous, uh, support system for, for our players and our, and our coaches, you know, even from, from, uh, you know, Simpson camp to camp Dodge where they, you know, we, they donated all the food for, for us to cook up there and all the drinks and, and everything. And, uh, 
you know, team meals every every Thursday night. The the parents are involved in that. So you know, I just want to thank thank them for giving giving their kids, you know, the 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 five star treatment. Uh, you know, as much effort and, and um, you know things it takes for a kid to be successful. You know, those 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 might seem like little things, but but those are big things in, in bringing the program full circle and you know just getting everybody involved. You know, everybody has a has a part within this program, you know, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, you know, you're, you're a family member of a player that's part of the team. Um, you know, the, the parents, the grandparents, the, and, and then just the, 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 the fans that come out and support us every, uh, every Friday and Monday night is, is just tremendous. And, and I just want to, uh, you know, give them a thanks and, and let them know that, you know, what they do is very special. You know, our cheerleaders, uh, cheerleading coach, cheerleaders have, have done a great job of, uh, supporting us throughout, you know, getting posters up in the, in the school and, um, you know, just cheering us on to victory every Friday night. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a community wide, uh, you know, uh, support system for us. And we just, we, we truly appreciate that. Well, you are truly the pride of Southeast Iowa right now. And, you know, whatever, you know, teams that fall by the wayside and you're sitting at home, they got their radio dials or, or heading out to, to see you. Because uh, I mean, that's all I hear about is how great you are, and you really made a great name for Southeast Iowa, and this is the part of the state that gets overlooked, and you're uh, you're really making uh, making them pay attention. Well, I appreciate that, but you know, it's it's a team thing. Uh, you know, what we tell the coaches or we tell the kids, you know, it's it's your guys' team. You take us as far as you want. We're just here to kind of keep you keep you steered straight in the right direction and put you in a situation to win. So. You know, it's it's a team effort, and I'm just proud of our kids and, and how they how they handle week in and week out. I mean, big games, uh, games that you know you know you're favored. Uh, you know, they don't look at it like like uh, we're just going to come and win or uh, you know whatever. It's it's you know go take care of business, and and that's what they do week in and week out. Well, we wish you all the luck, and we're we'll be supporting you. Uh, so it's Friday night's the game. Friday night. Yep, Friday night, seven o'clock. Like New Hartford. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Go Cobras. All right. See ya. Welcome back to Smithsburg Auto Presents High School Football in Southeast Iowa on Round Guy the Podcast. Smithsburg Auto, two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, call David. They've got everything gas, maintenance, new vehicles, whatever your needs are. Smithsburg Auto's there to serve you. We're on the phone with Scotty Melvin, and we're going to preview the two high school games and talk about when they are and how you get your tickets and what the opponents are. Welcome back, Scott. All right. Hi, everybody. Well, just start telling us who plays who, when and where. We'll start with the big and go down, and there's only two to talk about. So we'll go 1A. We've got our Sigourney Kyoto Cobras traveling on the road to Dyke New Hartford to take on the Wolverines this Friday. Sigourney's ranked, according to uh, the last Des Moines Register poll, number four in the state. Dyke New Hartford's ranked number six. So I did a little digging on on the Wolverines and uh, come across some, some real quality opponents that they played this year that they were victorious over because they're undefeated. Uh, the first one, first game of the year, they played Waterloo Columbus, who I got to see up close Friday night against Sigourney in uh, round two of the playoffs. And they beat uh, Columbus 35-21 to 21, way back in August. So that was uh, a quality win, obviously. They beat uh, Grundy Center 
in early September who is still alive in the class A playoffs and is the number five team in, in that um, class. They beat them 13 to 10, so a close one there. They beat uh, playoff qualifier Applington Parkersburg early October 31 to nothing. And then just last week, they played uh, number nine Pella Christian, beat them 35 to 14. And we know all about those guys. Uh, because they're in our district with Sigourney Kyoto. And, of course, Sigourney a few weeks ago beat them, uh, what, 21 to 14? Yeah, yeah, wow. I was wondering what happened to Pella Christian in the tournament. But, uh... Well, it sounds like it was one of those games, uh, things didn't go their way, you know, and, and, and that's that's a football game uh, or any sport, really. Uh, if things don't go your way and you don't play your best game, you know, it just snowballs into a loss. And that's kind of way it read to me when I read the articles on the game. Now, what I want to say about Dyke New Hartford, they remind me of what I've read, and I don't know what their offensive set is. I don't, it sounds like a power running game, and I'm not sure what it is. I'm sure it's probably not a single wing like Sigourney runs, but something similar. And that's what they want to do. They want to pound you with the run game, and they want to play great defense, and that's what they've done. That's what's gotten them to 10-0 and this year. So this is going to be – in a lot of ways, I think two teams looking at each other in the mirror this week. Now, is this at a neutral site or is it at Dyke? Uh, do you know where the game it's is? It's at Dyke New Hartford. Um, it's at Dyke New Hartford. This week, after this week, we go to the neutral site of the Unidome for the semifinals. Okay. So, well, uh, sent, they sent the, uh, they're pretty much a, a running team or they got a, come, yeah. a balanced approach. It's pretty much run. Pretty much run, and they've got a um, really good junior running back named Jarek Hall. And in this game against Pella Christian, he got injured in the third quarter, but he had done a lot of damage by that point. He had uh, carried 21 times for 128 yards and then had a, a what sounded like kind of an awkward uh, ankle injury and was on crutches the rest of the game. Now, will he play this week against Sigourney? I don't know. But they've got a senior that backed him up that went off on Pella for um, – 18 carries and 134 yards in the second half. Uh, 117 of those yards, I should say, came in the second half. So they, they have no drop-off there from from the starter to the backup. And then their defense only gave up 96 yards in the second half to Pella Christian. And we know how dynamic those, uh, those Eagles are. So this is a, a very similar team to Sigourney with uh, the ground game, the, the tough defense. They play physical. Um, it's going to be a... A tall task, but I think Sigourney's matching up really well on paper here. And you know, I'm going Homer. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my Cobras in this one. I think they're gonna go back to the dome this year. Tell me about uh, Dyke New Hartford's special teams. Do they have a field goal guy like Sigourney does? I don't know if anybody's got a field goal guy like Colton Clarahan in the state. In fact, I'm I'm watching NFL games today, and I'm I'm thinking about getting on Twitter and trolling anybody that misses a field goal. I'm gonna put up the, I'm gonna go on their page and I'm gonna put up a video of Colton Clarahan kicking a 52 yarder and saying, "Guys, sign this kid right now." Um, but uh, as far as uh, Dyke New Hartford special teams, I didn't read anything to lead me to believe that they're outside of the norm of a high school team um, on that. And uh, that could be a detail that comes into play here. And definitely that's, there's an edge there for the Cobras with uh, Colton Clarahan's leg. How is their, how is their, their, their run defense? Very stout. And, you know, Pella Christian likes to throw a lot. So it probably wasn't tested a bunch um, last week. Um, 
but they they did hold down that dynamic uh, quarterback for Pella Christian. He did he did throw a few passes. They've got a six foot eight wide receiver up there, Pella, that's tough to shut out completely. But the fact of the matter is, they they uh, got up big on them in the first half and just held them down. I mean, they're they're tough defensively. I think uh, probably better off running against this team than you are throwing, from the sounds of it which is in favor of Sigourney here. And the fact that they have Cade Mullenix back there, the feature back, you know, as we saw the other night, if they want a key on him, they're going to get burnt by some other kids. And, uh, you know, but, but the Wolverines might have that same dynamic going on in their backfield too. I don't know a lot about them outside of these two, uh, these two top rushers that they featured against Pella. So we'll see what happens there. What about their offensive and defensive lines? Do you know, you know anything about them or? Sounds like, uh, from what I read, that they've got good size and that, and that they're, uh, they've got that same thing Sigourney Kyoto's got going on where they're kids that, that, that can put together four solid quarters of play that don't really uh, wear down, you know. And um, But then again, have they played anybody like Sigourney yet? I don't know. Um, if, if they're what I think they are, this is going to be a four-quarter game for both teams. Well, that's one thing. Sigourney plays a four-quarter game. You know, they, they, they. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. All right. Yeah, well, let's I, switch I over so. to Waco. All right. So Waco, we all expected that they would be on the road to Montezuma and Mister Everything, Eddie Burgess, who I just saw signed with Upper Iowa University to play football today. Congrats to him. But this game uh, against Audubon up there at Montezuma last Friday did not go as any of us thought. Audubon came in uh, with one loss on the record. They're ranked number eight in the state, according to the Des Moines Register, an eight player. They took care of business up at Montezuma, blew them off the field 63-14. to 14. I mean, they were up 42-6 to six and a half. So everybody's talking about Eddie Burgess going into that game. It turns out the star is going to be the quarterback on the other side for Audubon, the Wheelers. Gavin Smith, he rolled up 301 yards rushing and six touchdowns at Montezuma to lead his team to victory the other night. Wow. Well, we forgot to mention the games, the day and the date and the game. There's not a, um, when, when does Sigourney play? Everybody plays this coming Friday night. No, I think Waylon wow. plays Thursday night. Uh, everybody plays on Friday night. Uh, well, uh, okay. But, I wish uh, they played on Saturday so I could get to both. Well, I hear you. But uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, so what else about this uh, team we're playing here? So Audubon's, uh, like I said, they're 9-1 and one coming in this week to uh, Wayland. And um, they've got some quality wins on their, on their uh, resume here. They beat Fremont Mills that was a playoff qualifier early in the season, 63-20. to 20. They play, I don't know if they're in the same district as uh, CAM of Anita, but that's one of our, that's that's the number four team in eight player. And they lost to them earlier this season, uh, 58 to 42. And CAM is undefeated. So that tells you their high quality opponent there, but they did lose to them. So that's where their one loss came from. But up at Montezuma the other night, going off their most recent body of work, they held Eddie Burgess to uh, 15 to 32 passing for only 161 yards and a touchdown. They picked him off twice. They held him to 43 yards and a touchdown rushing on 14 carries. So, I mean, they they took what New London did with Burgess and took it to another level. And uh, 
really kept him hemmed in and they capitalized on the turnovers they forced. They, they ran out to a huge lead that was absolutely insurmountable. It sounded like after the first quarter, really. And uh, they've got a star player in their, their own right with uh, Gavin Smith back there. So, you know, his five, five of his touchdown runs totaled 191 yards. So they were long ones. Um, I don't look for him to get that kind of success against this Waco defense, but they're really going to have to, uh, you know, play smart, play well, um, and and keep him in check to win this game. Well, what do you think uh, they're going to do that's going to give Waco problems? I mean, I don't see a ton of um, passing yardage or anything like that. And of course, I didn't look at the stats through the entire season here because that stuff's hard to find. Um, I'm only going off of this last game against uh, Montezuma, but I, I think they're just going to have to keep Smith from breaking the big play. And you don't know until you line up and play. I mean, we can look at this stuff on paper all day long, but what I've seen from Waco through the course of the season is you, you don't bring one player into that into that field in Wayland and uh, win a game with one guy. So they're going to have to find somebody else to help, and maybe they have it, maybe they don't. But I, I don't think that uh, we're going to see 300 yards rushing from any single player in Wayland Friday night. I think Waco is going to do what they do. They're going to find a way to win. And uh, I think they will march on to the dome. Well, I think they've got a a pretty good shot. I mean, I don't know what to think about Montezuma. You know, I mean, here you were thinking you were going to face the number one team in the state. And it turns out there's even a better team, you know. But uh, that's what makes the playoffs fun. So the tickets are still all online? Yes, you'll have to get online. I believe they go on sale, uh, I want to say 9 or 10 a.m. Tuesday morning. You can get online. You, you buy your tickets from, from the state on the uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association page. You've got the, the link. The links will come up when you go to the football page to, to go. You find the game you want to go to. Pay close attention to that. Click mm-hmm. on it. You pay for it right there with your card or whatever. And uh, they will send you an email that's got downloadable um, tickets for how many ever you buy. Take them to the game. They've got somebody at the gate with the, uh, the uh, iPad. They'll scan you, and you're in. So are they the same price as they were? Yep, $8. Um, I don't think the price will increase until you get to the Dome, if you're lucky enough to get there, and then it's probably only 10 bucks, and this is you know obviously well worth it. <laughs> So this is it. You win, you go to the dome, you don't, you go home. Yep, this is it. I mean, it's what everybody's shooting for when they start banging against each other in August, you know, a trip to the dome on the line this Friday. So you got a you got a seat for me there for Waco's game? I come with you? There will be seats, buddy. Um, a lot of folks at these small schools, this is what I love about small school high school football. <laughs> there are so many people that want to stand by the fence. I think I was that way when I was younger. So there's always a few seats left in the stands if you get there on time. So that won't be a problem, buddy. Well, we'll have to get there a little early, maybe do a little tailgating or something. But uh, I can't wait to see this team, and uh, I can't wait to hear from these coaches. Uh, anything else you got before we for our listeners before we wrap it up? Well, it, this has been a lot of fun. I know uh, when I came on board with you several weeks ago, I was just going to look at Waco and Winfield and maybe some Washington games. 
and it, it uh, built into something else. And it's been a ton of fun trying to keep up with all of these great teams and, and players that we've got down here in Southeast Iowa. Just want to say congrats to all the teams that are already finished and uh, congrats to our two guys that are still alive and good luck this Friday. Uh, let's make a trip to the dome happen. Well, it really was, it was this show that gave you the assignment to go see that first Waco game. And then you've been able to just give us a bird's eye view of that whole thing since you started doing that. So we would never be where we're at without you. We crossed a thousand listeners and uh, we're in 70 uh, cities in Iowa now. So, you know, the, they're really listening to this in particular for, you know, news about the teams in Southeast Iowa, because there isn't, you know, that many ways for them to get the information. And this is maybe the best place. So thanks Scott for everything. And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Yep. We'll see you in Wayland, buddy. It's, uh, cool. it's the biggest game of the year. At least have one more wrap up show anyway. All right. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody.